evening, everybody, and welcome to the Nightfly with me, Dave Juskow, the podcast everybody likes. This week, our 251st episode, I only bring it up because this is part two of our interview with Sarah Silverman in her hotel room, packing up after a three-month stay here in New York City working on a film. Uh, We left off last week with talking about Mr. Rogers, playing a clip of Mr. Rogers on The Tonight Show while Joan Rivers was hosting. I only bring it up because we're just picking up right where we left off and we get into a conversation about Joan Rivers and later Eddie Murphy and the greatness of Beverly Hills Cop and then Gary Shandling and The Larry Sanders Show and all that. And that is why I made it into two parts, because I feel you're really going to enjoy this week's episode. I hope you do. This is the Nightfly 251st edition. Hope you enjoy, everybody. But it's you I like. Every part of you, your skin, your eyes, your feelings, whether old or new, I hope that you'll remember, even when you're feeling blue, that it's you I like, it's you yourself, it's you, it's you. Yeah, and it's like it on both levels. Seeing Joan Rivers and Mr. Rogers, you like you said, you miss her too. And um, so much. Uh, that's what made me think when you were uh, so different, you know, than him. You know, but yeah, but he got to her. And, they, and there was no jokes made because he made her. He. He's the bravest man who's ever lived. You might be right because I mean, there's also a thing of him on Letterman, and he took him down too. You know, like Letterman had nothing. You know, it's just like you. I think you realize in his presence, and clearly from watching now, that he was the real deal. And you're really we're we're just waiting for something. He's got to be faking. And when you find out that it's all real, where do they make people like that? Yeah. And Joan Rivers, too. God, wasn't she just spectacular? And to die at 81 and to be so taken so soon at the same time. Which one? Both? Joan. Uh, And that, you know, I was thinking about uh, when you hosted Saturday Night Live and you played her. Uh, It's kind of an honor, though, because I know how much you cared about her, too. And she was such a pioneer, as you are at this point. Um, it's fascinating that you were able to play her, and it was, and you did it really funny too. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, but I, I, I still am like it's so silly because I usually forgive myself and I'm pretty healthy, but I stumbled, you know, on a few words, and I, I just well, got so it. what did you practice so it twice? Mad. You know, what are you supposed to do? You know, it's a tough show to, you but know, I it's not. It to be perfect for her. I understand know? that too, but boy, she was special too. She was just as special as Mister Rogers in a completely different way. Um, so special and had so much heartache in her life. And I think this is why I don't watch uh, Mrs. Maisel because it just, uh, it you know, I think people like to think it's her story and it's so not her story. What? That's what not people... Her story? Who says that? A lot of people say, is this supposed to be about Joan Rivers because it's the timeline and the Jewishness and 
I'm like, you know, she went through so much, and to be a woman in comedy back then, and what she was able to achieve, and um, and then just the the horrible tragedy, and the way Johnny Carson treated her, and all that kind of stuff, and to rise above that, it it makes me so sick. I never understood why Leno continued. Oh, that that, this is why I hated this guy so much. Let alone, you know, what he did to Howard and everything. But yeah, well, because. You know, these guys, these idiots worship Johnny Carson for some God knows reason. And, you know, it's just, it, it was so on. Jane Leno was just not a, a man uh, the way he, she, she should have been welcomed back with open arms the way Jimmy Fallon did finally. Yeah. And uh, it, she was just so terrific in every way. And I, I wish I had got. Did you ever meet her? You got a chance to meet her? I'm sorry, what did I say something wrong? Joan Rivers? Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I was close with her. I, she I didn't gave know. Me her coat? I, she, I didn't know. I've never oh, talked about yeah. it before. Yeah, I, I was um, friends with her. I assumed I you had. Her. I just, you oh, never I mentioned loved it before. Her so much. I mean, you know, there are comics that are much closer. I think Kathy Griffin, oh, yeah, Lynn Coplets was very close. Oh, that's with right. Her. She, she used to open for her all the time. She loved yeah. Lynn. Um, Lynn's been opening for Louis. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, they're, her and Keith Robinson are opening in Jerusalem uh, today or yesterday. Her and who? Keith Robinson. Oh, Keith Robinson? <laughs> yeah. Are in Jerusalem right now? Yeah. Oh, my God. They should go to Susie's. Oh, it's... Oh, shit. They should have gone to Susie's last night for uh, for Shabbat. I I have Lynn's uh, number. Should I... Uh, right. It was uh, last night. Though. No, it was last you know, night. You want me to... See, maybe, maybe I got the time long. Or maybe they're there now. Maybe they're... Maybe they're there next week. I don't... You, you want me to find out? Do they... Does she know them or... Lynn no, but anytime like a comic is in Jerusalem, they go have like Shabbat dinner at Susie's. Did you hear my so new it's joke? Like our old days in New York. Yeah, that was the best. Right well, here. Well, you know right she's um she's bat mitzvahing um a Tiffany Haddish in L.A. Oh, she's coming back to town. Yeah, she's coming for Thanksgiving. I'm having Thanksgiving in my apartment. Oh, that was my, my whole next question. Coming. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was coming to your house. I don't want to go to mine. Yeah, God, I just am ordering the whole thing from Whole Foods. I, you know, I'll be just getting back in town. Uh, right, right. Um, uh, yeah. Um, wait, what was I gonna? Uh, uh, oh, did you hear my uh, new joke? Um, you know, I was supposed to go out to Israel for the uh, a friend of mine, Alina. Her daughter is getting bat mitzvah. And she goes, "We're having the bat mitzvah in Israel. You guys should come." Uh, me and outside Steve uh, from the cellar. And um, <laughs> so I was totally planning on going. I'd never been. This is a perfect opportunity. I could see Susie. You know, go with the uh, uh, Avi. Uh, what's this? The one from the cellar. The woman. No. Avi Lieberman. I don't. I don't know who that is. He's a comic. Oh, it's a boy. And he does um, tour. You know, they do some comedy thing, like Ian uh, Edward. Um, Ian Edwards went, yeah, once too. And, and, but yeah, they go and then they always visit Susie. Oh, cool. You know? <laughs> well, so, you know, I've never been, you know, I, I know I got to go as a Hebrew. You got to go once, right? You've and never been to Israel? Never been there. Yeah. So this was the well, perfect you opportunity. Go. I, I, you know, I go because Susie and Well, you have a family there, yeah. Really not for me. Well, I need to go and this was the perfect opportunity, but then I lost my job. So now... It's not really an option. It's a little pricey. Yeah, what are you going to do about money? I mean, it's been a while now. I'm working it out. But let me just uh, say this about Israel, and then we can talk about that in a second. But um, 
So uh, the joke is that my friends put together a GoFundMe page for me where it says, send Dave just get to Israel. But somebody... But like the picture of you when you're little? No, no. It, <laughs> no, it's... Uh, I, I think it's um, even worse than that. It's uh, whatever. Anyway, um, but somebody, uh, as a joke, I guess, if somebody's a wise guy, and they put, by accident, send Dave just out to Israel forever. For good, yeah, and yeah. That, long story short, it's money. up to $60 million. Yeah. <laughs> so you that's can, the you gag. Can, you can do great in Israel, I bet. Yeah, with the with the chicks? No, I know that's what you were talking about. <laughs> no, uh, Just kidding. Sweden is the place for Jewish oh, guys. Oh, please don't even get me started. I really uh, the the company that I was uh, at for the new podcast possible is all out of Sweden. All podcasting is out of Sweden. Spotify, SoundCloud, really? this company. I don't know what the Swedes are doing. And the guy explained to me why Sweden is like that. It has something to do with the fact with their healthcare and everything and their socialist society where they have to build these companies and it's something to do with that. But uh, yeah, all podcasting is out of Sweden. I don't know why. So I would be like, yeah, I, I could, I could hang out there. I could go there. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, those, are the, you know, even you know when Lawrence was dating that girl. Remember, I told you like uh, when they broke up. This is the prettiest girl ever, um, for me, my, you know, for my taste. Uh, he was like, listen, just don't fuck Ava, okay? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, that is not on the table. If I get an opportunity to fuck Ava, I'm going to do it. Uh, you cannot. Uh, I, you know, she came over once and uh, nothing happened, but uh, I would have done it. <laughs> he had, and he understood. She's way too hot. You can't just say you can't have her. I still keep in touch with her just in case. <laughs> well, no, she obviously, she obviously likes our type. Duh. <laughs> oh, Ava's the one that he, looked at, that he was with. Yeah, he was living with. Yeah. Oh, my God. She was so pretty, right? Um, yeah, no, it was just too funny. Like, I was like, I probably wouldn't do it, but I mean, I was, I was, I was like, you can't say that. She's way too hot. I love that earlier uh, you were talking about kids today, the young comics and everything, and fuck them. And meanwhile, all your best friends are like 23. I know. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm friends with all these new comics. They're all 23. I told you, I only got mad that day. On Monday, I got upset with my lifestyle and choices of who I hang out with in these young comics. Normally, I really enjoy when hanging out with hurt. everybody. Yeah, yeah I got hurt. And when you get hurt, you get mad. Yeah. Because a lot of times men take pain or shame and they turn it into outward anger. And, and you do that. I know, and I wish I didn't. And I really try hard. To, I've been working on say, it. Just that you say this is a lot, you know? Oh, you that I'm honest that. about it? Yeah, I'm and trying to... Know it about yourself and you can practice. You know, when you when it happens, like Mr. Rogers says, you can stop. You can pound some play or see how fast you can run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've been trying to work. Like I said, I, I hadn't gone off the deep end like that in years, probably. I don't know what happened. Like I said, it was just uh, the it way it happened. Long I, time, though, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I used to be like that all the time. Yeah. So I've really been trying to work on it. I know my place, certainly in comedy at this point, where I'm not better than anybody, and I'm just happy to do any spot anywhere uh, for free or for $50. And for some reason that night, it got to me. What can I say? You know, it happens sure. to a lot of people. I feel bad I took it out on this poor girl. She's been nothing but nice to me. She's been nothing but super duper nice to me, like you have. Um, which is what I think I said in my... Uh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I'm working on that. Uh, so with money-wise, I'm, I'm tr- you know, the seller gigs pay my rent. Yeah. It's huge. Exactly. So if I could get two of those a month, or like somewhere else, another one, if I if I do those once a month, that pays my rent. Doing two of them 
is the exact price that I was making at my old firm. So I am producing shows at other places monthly. It doesn't, but if I just keep doing that, you know, so if I do five or six gigs a month in in sense of producing or let alone performing, I could maybe make a living at this. You know what I mean? I could take a shot yeah. at maybe doing this. It's all, you know, it's only November and, and, it, and it's kind of working. You know, the, the stuff I'm getting, I'm opening for a couple of people, let alone, you know, you really helped me out a lot. And um, I open for Jeff and Dave and open for Rachel and this kind of stuff. And that pays enough. And the seller gigs keep me completely afloat. And in fact, I asked if I could do not just the 8 o'clock, but then also have a 10.30 show or something, you know, which would double everything. So, you know, it's only from May to November. I, I, I You know, you can't, it, it really does seem like things are happening, but it's like such in a microscopic place right now that, in, you know, if we look at next May to see where I was from last May, we'll see if this can work. I think I can hold out for another couple of months That's great. and, um, you know, give it a try. And I got to say, this, it, it's not like I'm not working. I mean, I'm you know working, but in a different capacity. But, but man, it is great. And I'm, I, I'm happy every day not going to work. I mean, I loved my job. You know I did. Yeah. I never had a problem with it. I enjoyed going to work. But this not working is also really great. And the worst part is, you know, I worked 30 years straight. 30 years, and in all the movies that we've seen in TV shows, it was always like you work 30 years and then you retire. I don't know why I got to work more, you know, at a job like that. You know, <laughs> that's the way it was supposed to be. You work 30 years and then the, and you get a pension or something and then you go, this should be my retiring part. But, um, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about the comedy. I'm just talking about a job like that. But um, I think you've made yourself a really interesting, fun life. At this point, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like that but for these past couple of months it's been very entertaining there's a lot of fun stuff and a lot of possibilities i mean if i get paid for the podcast a little bit that's something too and if that's a thing so that could be exciting i love doing the podcast i mean like i said i've done it for free because i couldn't care less i will do this yeah we're gonna finish um but i i I would i would do this for free i mean i just i do do it for free i love it it's like therapy in a way too i mean i really you know present my soul here and everything and i am very honest and i think people appreciate that you know but maybe who knows maybe you know with turbocharge that coming let's see if people you know latch on to that maybe i'll do some publicity maybe i can go on um you know marin's podcast and promote it or something like that i think he would have me on and um you know that i'm i'm thinking about hiring a publicist for a month to you know try and get that the word out or something and then what i'd really like to do now that i can put this out this is the stuff i've been waiting for my whole life is do these little kind of movies or things and and put them out at Amazon for $1.99 and, and see if anybody bites. Like, for instance, take the Godfather stuff I was doing. I have all the video and and edit it and put that out or something, you know, the, the, the mocked up script readings we were doing and stuff. I think people would like to see that. Right. And um, let alone so many other projects that I have in mind that I might be able to do just myself and then have a place to put it. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. I have the Dave Juskow channel. Yeah. You know, and just do these kind of things where, and I think I can get some money from people to, you know, uh, do these things too. Um, one of the things I was thinking, which doesn't really cost anything, uh, this thing I've been planning for years, I pitched it to Comedy Central years ago, right in Doug Herzog's office. I pitched it to a combination of the Dick Van Dyke show and Playboy After Dark. We're in somebody's living room and that's a show, you know, music, comedy, and it's just, it's the living room. It's the, it, it you know, I, I played it on the podcast with Dick Van Dyke and Laura are um, singing Mountain Greenery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in their living room, people are sitting on the floor. You know, I pitched it to Comedy Central for years and then they kind of stole it. 
used Janine Garofalo as the person, but it, it was on a stage and not in somebody's living room. It was the uh, alternative. I don't remember what they called it, but I mean, I, you know, was in the guy's office pitching because this is a great idea, but then they just took it and did something else with it. But because it, I, you know, something like that, I think it would be fun. Just have people on. They go, it's a perfect idea. The only thing it's not missing is you. What? <laughs> I, I know you're making fun, but I couldn't. It's not. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't, that's the kind of stuff I want to really want to do. You know, I, just, I like producing shows. I like having all our friends involved and and just having a good time. You know, I mean, it's just I'm. Re- I like putting things together. I like producing. I I think I I like that a lot, and um, I think I'd be really good at it. And I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. But that's what I'm going to try. I'm going to try and keep it going. I'm going to try not to get another regular job. See, I feel like you know how they do like um, like Josh Molina does the um, every episode of uh, um, West Wing, and then like you know, oh, or those things. Like you could do that with The Simpsons forever for uh, the rest actually, of it. Like you do, you talk about the first episode will be you talking about season one, episode one. You know, because when you talk about shows you love and you reenact like all your favorite parts, to me, it's like funnier than the original show. Well, here's the thing. And I think I told you this and I don't know what the status would be, but this is what I'd like to do. And I was going to ask permission um, from you, from other people when I say, and I think I've told you this before. This is what I'd like to do. The Larry Sanders show. Yeah. Every episode, do the podcast. Um, This is what I want to do. And these people that I'm working with, they're way into it, but I would have to get Judd's approval for sure. Judd, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it. Seems like the right person to ask. No. Well, I guess HBO would have to. Would they though? I, I don't know. know. I have no idea. I don't actually. think they care about that show. They don't seem to promote it. Even when he died, they didn't do anything with it. I think they reran it, but they put it. They up, just put it up, but it like they didn't make a thing about it. And that's one of the greatest shows in television oh, history. So goodness. I would like to go through detail on every episode. And that's what I'd like to do right now. That this would is what be I'd like genius. To do. I would listen to every episode of great because yeah, that's that's what I want to do. That is what I want to do. When I was thinking of shows, what shows can I do? The Simpsons, yes, of course I could, but it's thirty years of stuff. This is the perfect amount for me. Larry Sanders, every Really, episode. you should pitch it at Sirius and have it be, because you know how they'll have, like, the Tom Petty channel or the, you know, I don't know, like the Billy Joel channel or something. Yeah. They could have the Gary Shandling channel, and you could host it, and then you go through, it's Gary Shandling's show every episode. Then you go through oh, his point. specials. Then you go through the Larry Sanders show every well, episode. Well, that's the thing that's is that. so much content, yeah. and you're the best one to Thank do you. it. Because that's the thing. It's like, I don't even know how to set up the first episode because, it would have to be a pre-show because I would explain how the 25th anniversary show led into It's the Gary Shanding Show, which basically he clearly just wanted to do the 25th anniversary special, but he had to do the It's the Gary Shanding Show to get the Larry Sanders show. But that first... But no, I think what happened was he was filling in for Johnny Carson, right? Yeah, right. And all this. And then he was offered to replace Johnny Carson. And I I think that's when he realized... I don't want to do that, but I want to do this. Right, you want to make fun. But but it clearly comes from that, you know, the 25th anniversary special, which was my comedy Bible at the time. That's what you do, the Gary Shandling channel. It's serious. There's so much content. And then you'd have people like me on... Uh, Judd Apatow, Sasha Baron Cohen, like all the people would like to have people like that on. 
You don't even need no, guests. I'm just kidding. I, oh, I was, you, you know, know what I was mean, kidding. But like, uh, <laughs> Are you kidding? So many people would be so happy to come on and talk about all that stuff, and you know, it'd bring in a whole new audience, and you could sh- play clips. And well, why do you think it has to be on serious? I mean, that would be fine. It with doesn't. Me. But been... I was just thinking how they have like the Billy Joel channel, the yeah. Bruce Springsteen channel. I was just like saying that. because you know why not just make this a podcast and, and this, you know because then people or have, like on the Netflix. Um, Netflix is a joke. Oh, they, that's right. They have a serious channel. You know, that's yeah, right. like um, Papa and Fortune. They well, I do know. Uh, you know, I could ask Ross Apen about it. I mean, he would. You know, maybe he'd be interested in something. Oh my like god, that. that would be the best. I've tried to pitch shows there for years, but maybe this is the way to go. I wonder if. I mean, Howard would be into it, and he probably has some sort of say in it too. I guess. Yeah, but I think. I mean, and I think like people saying, I, I, I would say you're the guy. You know, oh, you're, thank you. you you know, you knew him a little well, peripherally, you, but you know him. Right. You, I knew you, about it, and that's you know, why it was so special a, you that you studied him. You know, but you, then also, thanks to you, I had interactions with him. You know, it's like not like I'd ever met him. And, you know, you know, I saw tapings of the goddamn show, which is a miracle in my mind. I mean, it was just like for me. And you know me, like even when we did your show, it's the, the Sarah, it's the Sarah Silverman show, the Sarah Silverman program. When I got to go to the diner, the restaurant, Romano's, what's it called? Yeah, Romanski's. Right. Um, <laughs> that was exciting because I'd already seen your show. So seeing, being on the set of something you've already seen, I mean, that was great. But then I got to see Jeffrey Tamborn introduce the, the show, like, and, and help him because he was asking, is it uh, Nevi Campbell or Nev Campbell? What is it? Uh? And uh, we got to tell him, we're like, it's, it's Nev can't, you know, whatever. And it was, I mean, I got, I got to be a part of it thanks to you. I mean, it was amazing. And he was so special to you, obviously. Um, I mean, he was your best friend. He was one of your best friends. And you miss him every day, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, on Thursday, he would have been 70 this coming Thursday. Wow. Um, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. And uh, you know, no, no, I'm sorry. Wait, that's his. It would have been Friday because his birthday's the. Hold on a second. Let me look at this. Where's my phone? Why can't I ever find it? I don't know. You're like uh, my dad with his glasses, or everybody's dad with their glasses. Where are my glasses? They're on your neck. You have a chain. I watched you put your phone somewhere before. You have. Anyway. I mean, that would be really special. Thanks for saying all those things. And thank you. I'll never, ever forget that you even introduced me and let me spend time. And I'll tell you this, Sarah, and I don't know if you remember this. Friday. But after your... Friday. Um, Friday. Friday. Because this person is the 29th. But after your... This is how important you are in my life and what a good friend you are. And you've been obviously you've been a good friend for years. But you did Susan Says Cheese. <laughs> yeah. Which led to lots of stuff. Everything, really. In a way. It was like this one act play that I wrote with Doug Benson. And right. And put it up. And it was at the HBO Workspace. And Gary was there. And I was there. Danny Vermont was there. Mm. And um, we all were, you know, outside the theater talking. And everybody was talking. And Gary's like, where do you want to go? And you said, and I'll never forget because I was in the earshot. And I go, well, I don't care where we go, but we got to bring Just Gow and Danny with us wherever we go. <laughs> I mean, that's a fucking miracle. You did, certainly didn't have to say that, and it was, and I'm sure he wasn't too pleased because he didn't no, know us. Well, he didn't know us. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I think we went to the Ivy that night. I think that was that night, and Kevin Neal <laughs> was there, and uh, right because Danny was so funny that night. You, 
I think we were making fun. We're just like, I, I don't remember what it was, but Kevin was so funny. Oh, my God. And he was so making funny. me laugh, cry laughing so hard. He was doing the thing with the politician farting or something. Yeah. Was crying laughing. And I oh, mean, what, a night favorite. like that, I think Susan, your sister might have been with us too. And a night like that, I mean, just that's the kind of stuff you remember forever, which clearly I did. And that was your night. And yet it felt like my night, like I had just performed or something because what a fabulous, unbelievable experience. And um, most people never get to have experiences like that in their entire life. I was just quoting my favorite joke of Kevin's. This is an old one of his where he goes, uh, I was on a plane, you know, and uh, I don't think the pilot was very experienced. He got on the thing. He goes, uh, Oh, we'll be taking off in roughly five to ten. Oh, whoa, whoa, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> then he comes back on the loudspeaker like ten minutes later. Oh, uh, where is the, uh... oh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I haven't seen him do stand-up ever, really. Uh, and oh, I'd like he's to. so funny. And I know sometimes he's at Caroline's and I missed it last time. I think I was, something happened and I couldn't see it, but. Yeah, I want to see him do stand-up. I think he's Ugh. really, really funny. He's one of the greats. Yeah. And at Gary's memorial, he went up last, and he murdered. Now, you know, not one of those things where, like, I mean, God, at Mike Reynolds' memorial recently, there were so many comics just trying to, like, do material, and, you know, oh, God. That's what would happen at mine. Um <laughs> But uh, he was only talking about Gary and his relationship with Gary, but it was, it brought the house down and he was crying while, you know, he was like crying, oh. but he was hilarious. Wow. It was just one of those And they were things. really close, right? They were like oh, very yeah, close, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very, very close friends. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, that uh, documentary that Judd made, um, you know, was so interesting. Uh, I mean, it, it really was, put him in a whole so other... right by him. Yeah. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Just, uh, you know, when you... You know, everybody wants insight into comics. Everybody wants to know what makes them tick. And you didn't know anything about him because he was such a private person. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you hope for when somebody, unfortunately, dies that you get the information uh, that you dream of. You know, I mean... For me, and I don't, you know, I know you're confused, I'm conflicted on it, but like when Woody Allen dies, you know, I want information. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, um, I know, no. I mean, that's the worst mystery is that whole Woody Allen thing because, you know, believe women and, and you know, this one. And when, when Dylan, the daughter, wrote that piece, uh, I was like, well, he did this and I, you know, that's just what is true. But then... uh the other son, Moses, who was the oldest of all of them, wrote a whole piece saying, I was there, I was 10, and it did not happen, you know? And then you just go, and the, and there were two huge investigations. And then you think, if he did not do this, because, and usually other people come out, you know, like it doesn't usually happen one time. I, I'm not saying, all I know is that I don't know. And what do you do with that? He was a hero to me, and then he's not? But then what if there's no, you know, he, what if he did nothing? 
I have to unfortunately stick with the nothing. I mean, to, listen, to he, nothing and, is going to take away what crimes and misdemeanors means to me, you know? Good. Because it could. Right, nothing. But I right, do if think it, there, if like something way, happened, like everything's tainted. You have to tainted. separate the art from the artist because once the art is out there, it's ours. You but know, it's, but it's, if he, if these were found to be true somehow, everything's tainted. Everything is tainted. Of course, yeah. yeah. And, and I just played the goddamn Alan Alda clip last week on the show. When it see, yeah, I was talking to some kids from bends, NYU. When it bends, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, let alone just um, in that scene where he's just like, uh, "Okay, we're out," you know, like uh, we're finished. He goes, "I used up ten rolls of film on your first statement." You know? <laughs> 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 so much other stuff, but, uh, but also, I, and uh, I'm dying to see that new movie, which is supposed to be with Timothy Chalamet and um, uh, Selena Gomez, which they just made a deal for for the Amazon thing. It mm. everybody says it's pretty good. Well, I never saw the series. Oh, it was unwatchable. I saw four wow. episodes and I tuned out. Uh, it was not working. Wow. I just watched it until Miley Cyrus came on. I do find her really attractive and a good actress. Yeah, I find her really interesting. <laughs> she did a Black Mirror too. Yeah, that's that's the one I was saying before I hadn't seen. I was going to maybe watch it again because she was in it. Was it good? Yeah, I liked it. So, yeah, no, it was the series was not, it was uh, not good. You know, listen, he that puts out a lot of stuff. That's Crimes and Misdemeanors when... Jerry Orbach goes to his childhood home. No, no. That would be Martin Landau. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, right. Oh, God. Right. Jerry Orbach was the brother, the hitman brother. Or the, uh, yeah. Judah, the time to be a man was before you killed your wife. Right. When, well, yeah. So when Martin Landau goes to his childhood home and then he sees the scene of... Yep. That is And they just... ask all the questions. I play that all the... I play scenes from that all the time, especially yeah, the moral... Yeah, that scene I watch on the, the regular. But if a man couldn't be judged then you know like it's great that they're asking each other questions it's so and the aunt. philosophical right and that woman is so right the aunt Brilliant. she's so good what's the difference if he got away with it then he got away with it it's no big deal right yeah it's, it's so fast i mean it's just it's, it's really yeah it's, really you know when best. i first saw it i didn't like i didn't care for that scene and wow. over watching it i you know i was a little bored i i was getting confused i was a little preachy and then i, I just was too young and couldn't understand the greatness of it. I mean, it. that movie's a masterpiece. Let alone, you know, and then yeah. I play the ending sometimes, the goddamn ending scene where they finally are together, which is the poster of the movie, Martin Landau and Woody Allen sitting together. Yeah. And he says, well, I've got a, a story for you. And he, and he recaps the whole thing. And then yeah. Woody Allen's like, well, that's ridiculous because he wouldn't be able to live with the guilt. And he goes, people carry sins around all the time. We We rationalize, we deny or we could not continue. We could not go on. I mean, what a bold, yeah. unbelievable, true statement! Brilliant. And he's like, "But, but, but in a real when when there's not a God, then he has to become God because then it re- retains tragic proportion." Whatever he yeah. said, you know. I mean, it, all of that talk is so wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like blows your mind. It's this this little comic from the '60s, you know, this nightclub comic is able to come up with this unbelievable philosophical story and make. One of the funniest movies I've ever seen, and the most thought-provoking, and you know, you know, it like love you're and death. There, love and death is the same kind of thing. That's true. Yeah. But crimes and misdemeanors. You are sitting there. You could be pounding your fists, laughing how funny it is that Alan Alda, the clips and everything. Yeah, and then be and the edit of him talking to the, the woman. You know. Oh my god! Yeah. So I'm just saying, we have a spot for you. Maybe that'll open up in the falls. What were you doing back then? I was lurking, and you were uh, even says lurking. I was lurking in the back, and um, you're just crying, laughing, and then the other part is so. Uh, it's a, and I always say, you couldn't make that movie without making Hannah and her sisters first. It was like the practice run. 
you know, let's see if we can combine comedy and drama together, like real comedy and real, you know, little drama, and then really perfect high comedy and high drama. Can you, can you pull something like that off? I don't think there's ever been a movie like that ever again. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that could go so many, so wrong in so many ways, you know? Would you ever, I think I've asked you this before, maybe on the phone, and you don't have to answer if you don't, and I can cut it out, but would you do a Woody Allen movie at this point? It's funny because after the Dylan wrote that piece, I met with my agents and she mentioned Woody Allen and I said, no, I won't. And that's my lifelong dream was to be in a Woody Allen movie. And I said, no, that's not an option. And now I feel differently. I don't know. I mean, but also I'm not really doing a lot of acting. I mean, I, I love doing act. I love it. It seems like you I, are. I mean, I am right now just because I wanted to remember it. You know, it had remember been do- acting. You're- yeah, because oh. I've just been doing so much political stuff and writing oh. and working on well, stuff that's that I'm true. not I acting. I never think in, about like that. I, I always think you're you are acting, but I guess you're right. I go through like chunks of you know, but but God, I just I don't know. I don't have all the answers. There's some things that are we have to just understand. We don't know. Yeah. So I don't know what the right thing is. I always want to do the right thing, but I sometimes I don't know what the right oh, thing well, is. Oh, in this case, right. If we had all the answers, the right thing would be to completely boycott. And that would but be I would pleasure. very much like to be. In a you know, you know what the problem is? I mean, it's very odd. I, you know. The problem is, is that he married his stepdaughter. And yeah, if he but he's still married that, to right, her. Exactly, and right. So it's true love. Kids. Right. And it's like, and we saw Wild Man Blues, and it all makes sense in that sense after seeing that movie, in a sense of why they're together, that they kind of butcher each other in a way, and they just kind of do have this relationship and it works. But that's if that hadn't happened, things might be different. Like, because then you're like, but he did that. So maybe he did this. So that I think that also is weighing on the, you know, right. I don't know. You know, I think about that, even though. We let that go for some reason and moved on. And he made so many unbelievable works after that happened, like uh, Blue Jasmine, for Christ's sakes, uh, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And Kate Blanchett happily accepted her Best Actress Oscar uh, yeah. while that was happening. But I, I think Timothy Chalamet and Selena Gomez gave away their uh, earnings from the movie, though, from the last movie they did. So yeah. they did it. Maybe you can do it that way, I guess. That gives you the balance that you need well, mentally. I don't know. I don't I, know luckily, it doesn't seem to be an option at all. So I, well, I feel like it will at some yeah, point. Yeah, but does he, you know, I mean, he, it, there, he, he, it's funny because you just assume like a Jewy uh, actress might be in a, you go, oh, you know, what do we, you know I, I was talking to an interviewer once. I go, well, you know, outwardly Jewish women don't really um, get to play the parts where they deserve love or, you know, um, mm. they're the loud side, you know, friend or the cunty girlfriend before <laughs> the guy realizes what love can be. And he goes, oh, what about Woody Allen? I said, oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah, all the women in Woody Allen, uh, Diane Keaton, Mia Farrow, <laughs> yeah, all those, uh, uh, Scarlett all those Johansson. Nice Jewish uh, girls, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's always been drawn to the more Aryan. Do, do you know you what know. the funny thing is? I was just, my mind immediately for some reason went to Night Shift. And I was just thinking of that girl he was dating before he met Diane, uh, with Diane from Cheers, yeah, uh, Shelley Long. Long. And that girl was so, even though I don't think she was Jewish, she was portrayed as Jewish because he was just like, 
just thinking. I don't know why that my mind went to that. Why? Because she was awful and loud. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. It's just. Yeah. It's, and she it's liked odd. chocolates, you know, people, yeah. and she's like, you know, whatever. Like, I think they portrayed her as Jewy, but the parents weren't that way. They were from like out of town somewhere. It didn't make any sense that that was her family. You know. Yeah. Know. Mr. Mrs. Kugel and I do not drink. I don't know why I even knew their name. My CB handle, by the way, is Kogelhead. Is it? Is it true? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just made it up because um, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post and it was. Of course I did. Oh, you did. <laughs> um, no, I just bought that CB handle. Tall John always talks about in um, trading places when the, and and we've talked about it too. When it comes in on a scene when the woman's saying like the end of a funny story and it's. And he stepped Step on, on the, the ball. ball. Oh my God, we talk about that what all the time. The, what is the story? We believe it has something to do with the movie Anti-Mame. We've looked it up. There's something that... I've looked this up because yeah. I've been obsessed with it as well. And he stepped on oh, the ball. Wow. It, it's something to do and with this movie Anti-Mame. I don't, I don't know. I believe I'm still a member of this club. Nobody wants your drugs here, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> I just played uh, last week. I opened the uh, podcast by playing, turn those machines back on. Turn those machines back on. That's the very end. When uh, Mortimer, your brother's not well. Fuck him. That's uh, the very ending when they, uh, you know, and here's your, and you, you win the bet. One dollar. Yeah, <laughs> in the bathroom. So, you know, I live in my building. There's a woman who was in trading places. It uh, makes me happy on a daily basis. She's a little nutty, but um, she was in trading places. She was uh, she just walked by. Morning, Mister Valentine. You know, like something oh, like wow. that. So it's very exciting for me. She's really pretty. She's like um, in her sixties. She's still gorgeous, mm. and um, you know. But the, she was in that movie. It's very exciting. <laughs> we call her the Trading Places Lady. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't we? I'm very excited for uh, coming to America too. Yeah. I hope it doesn't suck, but it looks Jermaine like Jermaine Fowler. Uh, he's at the cellar. I, I met him at the cellar. He plays uh, Eddie Murphy's son. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I hope it's going to be good. I have a feeling it might be I great. get a feeling it might be, too. I really hope, because remember, those Beverly Hills Cop movies are bad. That two original is so The first one is so good, and the second one is not good, and, and the third I didn't one know is horrible. that it was originally written for, for Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. You didn't know oh, that? Oh, God. And oh. so, of course, they keep the name. Axel Foley, you know. Wait, why? What? What is? What do you it mean? It just like, sounds like a name you'd oh, give Sylvester a Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. But it and then I it, remember it, when it that wasn't came out a comedy, was... right? But no. But all the comedy and it makes he sense because all the comedy in it is like not script really, but like these little improvisational moments. It's all him. You know? It's all him. He was such a genius. Ugh. And uh, it's just like I mean, there's so many lines where you know you're just like you know that when when you knew, and I went in there knowing that script was sent all around. Like I knew the backstory even in 1984, yeah. and um, you know, just like he's like, man, this this. When he's in the cop car, he goes, this is cleaner than my apartment. Or something like when he's with the phone booth, he goes, yeah, I ordered a pizza and shit. And, you know, because of the phone, because he can't believe there's a phone even in there and stuff. All those little things. I mean, it was so amazing. It just, you know. Also, it's just. The Bonson Pinchot even, you know, like with the L.A. stuff. And, I um, I saw it recently and I was like kind of preparing myself like it's going to be so problematic under like the modern times, like watching it now. And it's really not. There isn't even some wedged in love story. No, it's it's his 
their three best friends, Eddie Murphy, his friend who gets murdered at the beginning, and the woman who owns the yeah. gallery. They all were best friends in, best high, school, friends in high school. And they don't try to wedge in a love story. They nope. don't do any of that. She's just his best friend. I think that's you know? why people used to think he was gay, because in his first like three films, he didn't have a love interest. And, that's so and, silly. Of course it's silly. But I'm just saying, it, that's why people were like, you know, what? what's happening here? You know what I'm saying? I never heard that. But, I mean, I just, the movie really kind of holds up. Well, it's up odd it. because usually a leading man always has a love interest. But these three trading places didn't and this didn't. But 48 hours he met a girl. But that was, you know, but it was just, you know, usually when, you know, you're in a movie, you're the first couple of movies, you, you're the lead and you have a love interest. But Yeah, because, because it's a male lead and they... Want to have a, a a sexualized woman in it? And that's you know? the, but they actually had a woman w- who was just a role in it. Yeah, and know. it was. And you're so right. And it was great. And Judge Reinhold was amazing. Yeah. He was perfect in it. He was so funny. And little, that other cop was great too. And it was great that he was older, uh, Taggart. Yeah. And uh, you know, sometimes I. And that they learn from each other. Yeah, I mean, how great is that? And there's no bad guy other than the bad guy. Yeah, right. Really, like, and what a great bad guy too. Perfect villain. You know, just like. Um, I don't know what stone you crossed under, but, you, didn't, you know, whatever. Like, a, you have no idea who you're fucking with. Um, but also, uh, what's that? Uh, but the, I'll tell you what's, um, I'll tell you what is the, uh, the dated thing of it. You know, if you look at it. But I mean, you know, if you step back from it. But it's like the lesson that the cops learn from Eddie Murphy is like cops Covery for each other. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. You can break the rules all the time, right? Yeah, well, that you was just the other have thing. each other's back and cover for each Even other. Even that yeah. scene where he's just like, um, the super cop story was working. I don't understand you guys. And it's so funny when the lieutenant starts to kind of smile. There's just so much yes. good about it where he comes in and he's just like, you know, what is your obsession? And then he kind of deals with him. He's like, all right. I'm going to just lay it out on the line. I mean, this, this, it, it's, there's it's a, a special movie. And that's what's it. not in the second one and certainly yeah, not right, in the right. third. And it's just such a bummer. And I don't know how they got it so right the first time. But man, he was the greatest. And that moment when he's walking down the street and he walks by those two guys yes. who are basically wearing his outfit in Delirious and his <laughs> yeah, outfit right. in Raw. <laughs> so and then right. he like laughs at them. He's laughing, like He's just like, right. oh, these crazy LA types. Yeah. it's a, Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean... He was such. He was so great. He was such a good actor, and um, he was a really special thing. I don't know what happened of why he just kind of took off and then started doing these kids movies and stuff. But boy, he really had it going on. He was one of my. He was all of our. If you were a comic, wanted to be a comic back then, and just to be such an actor and be in such funny movies. I mean, watching him host Saturday Night Live is going to be interesting. I can't. I've been waiting for this my whole life. Like when I found out about it, I couldn't wait. I hope. I hope he's cool. And he was. You know the. The thing that helped him on the Seinfeld thing, the comedians and cars, yes. he was back to normal Eddie Murphy again, I feel like. And I just really hope he's not angry and he just gives and he just wants to be there. And I, and I really, really want it to happen. Yeah. I and mean, he really made a, a difference in, in my life. And he's just so cool. And I think everyone we know feels the same. Yeah. You know, nobody doesn't like Eddie Murphy. You know, he's he's great. And um, he really made an I met impact him once, in this world. And he walked over towards me and I just said, hey, um... I just want to say Delirious was my world. And he goes, oh, I'm a fan of yours too, Sandra. 
And then he gave me a hug, and I was like, I'll be Sandra. He wasn't even kidding. God damn it. Oh, he was kidding or he wasn't kidding? He wasn't no, kidding. he was not kidding. God damn it. That sucks. I'm sorry. No, it was fine. <laughs> I, it was, please, he doesn't need to know who I am. But I was just does. like, I was like, either he just thinks my name is Sandra, or maybe he thinks I'm Sandra Bernard. I don't That's know. the funny thing. If you don't know who somebody is, why would you even say it? <laughs> why well, say he their thought name? he did. No. Oh, yeah, but does he think you look like Sandra? I mean, you no. I don't know. People don't know. get people's names wrong. You've never gotten anyone's names wrong. I think on this podcast, you've gotten people's <laughs> no, names. No, I'm just kidding. I always get people's names wrong. I'm bad with names and faces. I can't remember anybody. I'm well, yeah. we've said it all. <laughs> what do you say? We said it all. <laughs> well, you've said it all. Yeah, Sarah, I. I don't even know how to thank you again, once again. And, it, and it, the way this podcast all worked, and we talked for a long time, though, where it was in and out, and you were out, but then it came at the end, and we talked about I mean, so I'm much amazing much stuff packed. at the end. Yeah, yeah, and you were able to get stuff done. And this might, this is a very special show. This should have been the 300th. I would have been really happy with this. Thank you so much for making the 250th podcast so special. This is like one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. We Davey really boy. had a great time, I think, and it was just fun the way it was all crafted and everything. Thank you for letting me come to your room while you had to do stuff and let me set up and, and do all this stuff. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It was fun and I love you. Yeah, I'm just I just can't believe you were in my town for three months. I didn't see you and now you're going away again. And uh, I'll probably end up seeing you more uh, for some reason, uh, even though you're not in town. I'll be but. back in March. Yes, because, of course, she has her play coming up, The Bedwetter. I can mention it because it's happening. It's real now. It's real, the and it's happening, and she's and been working starts, on it. Uh, April 24th And, of or course, 25th Adam Schlesinger, of course, our boy who's been on this podcast. He's amazing. Sarah wrote it. Joshua uh, Josh Harmon, Harmon who's brilliant. amazing, a significant other. We worship him from that. And Sarah and him wrote it together. I mean, and come on, Stephanie J. Block is playing my mother. Really? Yes! Oh. She just won the Tony for Best Actress oh. in a Musical. Yeah. And wait a minute. Did I not tell you who Nana is? Who's uh, playing Nana? Well, you told me at, at first, but you didn't... Linda Levin. Oh, you did tell me. That's right. Yeah, I... um. Yeah, I was very happy about that because I saw her in the Taylor, the allergist wife. She's so and uh, I had never. I was just like, oh, I don't want to see her in a play, but she turned out to be one of the greatest actresses. Oh, she's a good Broadway person. Yeah, she's unbelievable. And she's, there, she's got like a a sexuality. Uh, you know, you know what? I didn't want to say it, but when I saw the Taylor, the allergist wife, she has like a three-way with Tony Roberts and somebody else, and I was like, you know what? I'm finding her attractive, which makes no sense because I certainly didn't find Alistair, but her, but her. Yeah, she she she's is comfortable in her own skin. She's just, I mean, oh, she's so cool. And we met with her. I mean, I just, I felt like, you know, like a fan. I felt like I knew her. I really did. You yeah. know, like. And then I said to her, "You said, Dingy, listen. No, I know it's not her, but <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but she was in company. Oh yeah, she was. Dingy. Oh, oh, Beth Howland. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Why do um, I know that name? Uh." I said, I don't know if you know this because he wasn't famous at the time, but the warm-up comedian for Alice, and she goes, is Gary was Gary Shandler. Shut up. Yeah. What? Oh, you, I didn't tell you. You knew that. No, I didn't know that. Oh, I was He was so, the warm-up so, comedian for Alice? He was Alice? the warm-up comic Shut for Alice. Up. So she cuts Gary. me off. I, Gary Shandler, I know. Oh, she goes, amazing. I was in love with him. Wow. He... he he bombed every, you know, he was not a good warm-up comedian because <laughs> right, right. they, they just want you to throw candy at right, them and right. stuff. And he was like telling brilliant That's jokes. That's where Brody and, Stevens was amazing. 
Uh, yeah, he did the whole perfect combination. Yeah, he was like that perfect marriage of, of yeah. But um, yeah, she totally knew him at wow. that time and loved him, and they would hang out. And- well, congratulations on that. That's going to be unbelievable, and it comes out in April, which means it's eligible eligible for a Tony. No, so. no, 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 no. It's off Broadway. Oh, it's, it's at off the Broadway. Atlantic. Oh, it's the Atlantic. That doesn't count. I thought that was uh, actually considered a. You know, no, and it's off Broadway. So it'd be off Broadway. It has a chance to move to Broadway. Sure, yes. Yeah. So okay, in gotcha. success, it will be extended and, right. and then maybe go to, and then go to Broadway. Well, either way, it's going to be amazing. It's called the Bedwetter. It opens in April at the uh, Atlantic Theater, yeah. which I've seen uh, many. It's a beautiful theater space. Beautiful theater. Yeah, it's like an old church. And I've seen many plays there, and uh, they're all wonderful. And thank the you so Awakening much. Spring Awakening started there. Right, and, right. Lots uh, of stuff started there. What's the one that won all the um, Tonys uh, the year before last? Uh, um, Dear Evan Hansen? No. Uh, the oh, Band's Visit. The Band's Visit. David Yazbek. Yeah, yeah, yes, right. Yes. Exactly. And then, uh, who I'm hoping to get on this podcast as well. Anyway, Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you for making it so special. And we'll see you next time on the Nightfly, everybody. Good night. <laughs>